This episode of Desperately Seeking Entertainment is brought to you by WWE Shop. Get all your favorite superstars, apparel, title belts, and more. Right now, get 40% off of all t-shirts. Find what fits you and save. Also available are performance hoodies, chalk line jackets, and the new WWE Official Cookbook. Get yours today at shop.wwe.com. Got a great episode for you this week, folks. I got to tell you, we are getting into a rhythm when it comes to these podcasts. Uh, I am really excited about this week's episode. Last week's episode was great. Had some tech issues. This week, got it all ironed out. We finally figured out how to do this really cool thing called editing, which is like a revolutionizing uh, technology. So needless to say, we're bringing some pretty awesome new toys, I guess you could say, to this podcast. But Ben and I got some great stuff to talk about. I'm really looking forward to breaking it all down. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get things started with our top five. And then we're going YouTubing right here on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Entertainment, episode seven. I think. That's wow. crazy that we're in episode seven. Of course, on my other end, Mr. Ben Frawley, how are you, sir? All right, Mr. Chris Peterson. Doing awesome. Doing awesome. It's a lovely Tuesday. Just had an awesome day with my dad watching the Red Sox on Patriots Day. Nice. And now we are back in upstate and uh, rocking and rolling up here. That's amazing. And I'm actually way downstate, if you will. I'm actually coming to you from Savannah, Georgia. Oh, wow. And you're in upstate New York or Massachusetts. Where are you actually? Right oh, now? I'm in central New York? New York. I'm in Oneida. Central yeah. New York. Perfect. Yeah. So we are literally the longest distances between each other. And you probably couldn't tell from the audio, which is, again, a plug for how good this audio sounds right now. I know. Everyone said that the uh, audio sounded great last week. And we're trying to work on that syncing thing. So hopefully that'll work this week. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I actually spent like all week looking at tutorials of uh how to reduce that what's called audio drift is the official term all right so we'll uh you know cut that out and uh make this as seamless as possible so there you go no and uh speaking of last week i had a couple uh what do you call it uh what do you call those things when the re- redactions when there's like mistakes <laughs> in the newspaper Retra- retractions, 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 retractions. repression <laughs> recession it all means the same man uh <laughs> yeah so i had a couple of those um so last week it's Steven Soderberg, not Soderberger. <laughs> Did you say Soderberg? I want to put that out there. That. Yeah, I caught myself. <laughs> ah, I was like, oh, "Man, I sound like an a hole." <laughs> Did even catch uh, it? Yeah. Um, and then I believe I said, uh, "Oh my god!" Oh, I, I we I said that B.D. Wong was playing a transsexual. He's playing a transgender character. That is, so I had to correct oh, myself on that well, one. Well, that's yeah, good for you, man. That's a good call. Even though the I found out what the character is. Did you find out what the character was that he was playing? BD Wong was playing. No, I didn't. I researched and I totally saw this. It was uh, Mister Robot season one. Okay, excellent. I gotta go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah. He he plays like he, they have to go get some sort of special piece for for them to you know do their heist or whatever or break into their facility or something like that. So. He plays a genetically altered person 
So actually, he's not transgender, but I just thought I, I should use the right term. I think Absolutely. I use transsexual because we were talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show right. <laughs> earlier in the episode, so it must have <laughs> slipped out. So I thought it was important to you know put those out there. Absolutely, and you know it's funny. I've been I've been actually interacting with a lot of people um, because I one thing I've been researching lately is trans issues in theater and things like that. Right. And interestingly enough, they are very flexible on terms like in titles and things like that like because i caught myself a couple times and be like oh man did i did i say the wrong word there like no no it's cool like you, you still as long as you start with trans you're doing okay you're, you're off to a right start right. so right there are much worse words out there to describe people um who are you know transgendered and things like that so yeah no oh yeah yeah well we had we you know in my line of work we had a um you know we've had a couple people go through that are trans and lgbt and right. the whole spectrum and stuff like that the whole gambit and um we had a cultural sensitivity training and as long as you, you know, correct yourself and ask, I mean, that seems to be the way to go. You know what I mean? And you're, you're kind of in the clear as Oh, is that cool? Or, you know, just always ask. And I think it's crazy that some people think like that's a step too far. Like how I can't be expected to ask what someone's preferred pronouns are or, you know, like, is that okay? I'm sorry. Did I get that wrong? Like, I just think like, why not try to, you know, go the extra mile and say, Hey, is that, is that word cool? Or, what should I call you as and things like that? Like that's, I think it's just being respectful, you know? Right. And you know, speaking of, I mean, not to totally transition into our pieces this week, but um, that billion show is still just firing on all cylinders. I watched that this weekend and that features one of the, in my, my opinion, one of the first trans characters on air besides maybe um, orange is the new black, which was her as well. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She, oh, she was in both. That's right. That's right. Right. She's no, she's great. I think I think the term that she identifies as is um, uh, non-binary. I My, think that's yeah, right. the actual yeah. But yeah, you're right. And you know what's interesting is that like <laughs> it's it's kind of weird in the script where like you know um, uh, Damien Lewis's character is like saying the worst things about um, you know their uh, their character and things like that. But he's using the correct pronouns. <laughs> right. So he's like when he's describing Taylor, he's like you know. They're they're they, such an asshole. They keep, like, yeah, they keep like <laughs> effing me in the ass or something like that. Yeah. Right, exactly. As long as they use the correct pronouns. <laughs> it's like it's very cool that he's like being just like awful to this this character, but yet at the same time being respectful enough to use the correct pronouns, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, I mean he's like that. He's definitely like that mad genius. <laughs> like he will like totally ruin your business and like bleed you dry of any of hope and dreams, but he'll call you the right pronoun. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing. It's again like eight reason eight billion why we love that show. So I know it, I, that is still shocking to me. I was just telling my sister just how and how we looked it up like on episode one or two when we were talking how that show hasn't even been nominated. That's insanity to insane. me. I, I don't know what other people are watching, and I've seen other shows that people have nominated and you know hold in high regard, and they're they're fine shows. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're great, but I just. When I when I settle in for some billions, I know they're going to show me something that I have never seen before, and just uh, the writing is spectacular. Everything I can't praise it enough. So I mean, not to spoil things for people, but that man, that scene, I think it was last week where, well, there were two scenes in last week's episode that went just crazy for me. It was Chuck Rhodes's confession speech, right? Which, right. as an actor, you know, appreciating another actor, it was like, holy shit, this is like this is Paul Giamatti at his best. Number one. Mm-hmm. And then at that at the airport when Malkovich's character is leaving and they just oh. have this like face off with one another, I'm just like I'm going crazy. Like I'm yeah, tearing my hair so out. That was so subtle. That was so subtle. So their, good. Both their performances. 
were so subtle in their faces. And, you know, the whole show is, you know, I talk about Clerks a couple weeks ago and just how a lot of that show is talking heads. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that show could be just so flat, but they're hiring the greatest actors to, to give these subtle performances and just that, that, that little back and forth on the, on the tarmac between uh, Malkovich and Damian Lewis was so subtle. And you have this powerful character and every little gesture that he makes, you know, Malkovich's character could just have everyone killed. It's, it's great. Great show. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Well, folks, just to get into what this show is all about, obviously, if you've been listening for a while, you know, but for those of you who are newcomers, Ben and I are, entertainment aficionados. We crave to be entertained on multiple different levels, on multiple different platforms and mediums and whatnot. So what we like to do on this show is kind of throw our top five picks for the week at each other. But the kick is, I have no idea what Ben's going to say to me, and he has no idea what I'm going to say to him uh, in terms of what our picks are. So we get some genuine reactions and some good discussions. And last week, I mean... I hate the fact that there was some audio drift between us, but man, that was a good that was a good discussion that we had last week. So yeah, yeah, I felt like we were flowing and we had some great topics. So hopefully, we got some good ones this week. Hopefully, you do because well, I know I do. That's, that's some pressure. <laughs> I got to cross out some things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna phone it in on a couple. Gonna phone it in. I'm just gonna phone um, this one in. Gonna scroll through uh, some <laughs> some websites right real quick. <laughs> All right, man. Well, why don't you kick us off this week? All right. Um, so this week, uh, Coachella was live, and I think I messaged you just how cool it was. And YouTube had the broadcasting rights yeah. to the whole thing, and so you could just watch live music. And there was, you know, and I love experiencing new music, especially because I I don't see it's it's hard to know what point of reference to get new media is. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like I have a wide range of music tastes only a couple a few music you know bands that i'm like a you know totally like no i can't listen to that so i just love seeing new music and this was live and i watched i watched this great band called cronbin that's with a k i liked one of their videos on the youtube um and these guys were these it was a trio and i don't know if they're married or brother and sister but this guy's bangs were was out of control and he was like soloing this whole time with but did the hip-hop medley on his guitar so played like nothing but a g thing and it was a good day and it kept it was like a giant medley and it was really neat to see this and i saw it live and it was just so neat so i kept checking in all weekend and uh the article that i want to talk about um is that donald glover aka childish gambino released um his uh let's see guava island which is like a little short film that he made with rihanna and uh, I saw little clips of it here and there. It, the reviews came in, said it was just like a delightful kind of musical, you know, love story kind of thing that they filmed really quick. I think it was about an hour um, and it was free on Amazon. And Chris, the reason why I bring all this up is I just I like I like Donald Glover and Atlanta and Childish Gambino and everything. How could you not? I know. Um, so but I just love how performers and musicians and movie makers are trying to release their content on multi-platform uh device friendly platforms you know what i mean like these right these kind right. of like all right he's going to be live at coachella and then that night his new movie will be on amazon prime for free and you can check that out so what do you think the state of is that a good thing are you spreading yourself too thin or should you should you have one point of access to your material or should you keep opening your material up to different venues and different websites it's a great question and I think it's how that's that's how the music industry th- survives now, 
I think you have to do that. Um, right. You know, when we talk, I mean, you know, Childish Gambino is a great example of that. When he released This Is America, that video, like everybody was watching that. That was like the the, the topic of discussion for a good, you know, week um, yep. was that video. And, you know, the song is great, but but if I if he had just released the song and, and nothing else, we would have been like, okay, yeah, like whatever. But it's the video that really pumped that that song up to what it was. And, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, in this day and age of digital consumption, that instant gratification, if you will, that we just need to, to absorb everything we can about a certain artist or music or film or something like that. It, yeah, you're, I think it's going to all tie together. And this is just where we're at now. And this is how the, the music industry survives. And as you mentioned, as you were talking, and I started thinking about how the history of this type of thing, I mean, if you really think back, I mean, it kind of started back in the day with the Beatles, in a way, where... Like they, they would have like help, for instance, the movie came out as the album oh. was also coming out. So, right. you know, people got to watch this movie that had really nothing to do with, you know, the songs or things like that, but the, just the songs were laid out throughout the entire film. And then they could go buy the album like later that day or, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's been happening for a little bit, but I think just now to your point, it's just happening at a quicker level. And uh, especially with things like YouTube and, you know, Amazon and all these new you know content providers, I, I think it's the way to go. I really do. I really do, too. That's a really cool like point about the Beatles, too, because they were like film fanatics. They loved yeah. filming almost everything. And that's how we have so much footage and color and photos. And they just released like, they keep releasing all this new material. And I just heard I actually I heard this story today about how the Beatles. This is while. um uh, Tolkien was still alive. They wanted to film their own version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. They wanted either the Hobbit or Lord of the, I think it was Lord of the Rings. And all of them were going to be like, Ringo is going to be Samwise and John Lennon was going to be Gollum. And like this thing was <laughs> like, and they wanted Stanley Kubrick to direct. Get out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and so uh, it, it was ridiculous. I just heard this. <laughs> I was like, so they were definitely like a multi-platform kind of band and so way ahead of their time of course it's the freaking Beatles but yeah I think that this is the way to go as far as releasing in as many places as possible and having a video of, of course I mean videos being connected to songs have been around for so long that I think it's time to step up the game and have a little more interactivity on the artist's um, approach to fans and I think this is kind of the beginning of that so it was just really neat. Yeah, and I think yeah. to your point, it also reveals, I think, a different side to these artists where, you know, in the past, we're just kind of used to them being singers and songwriters, and it's just like, shut up and play type of attitude. But now it's like, no, if you're, you know, a true artist, you're kind of a multifaceted performer. And this this really reveals, you know, that second side of it, which I'm really excited to see. And I haven't actually even seen that Donald Glover thing yet, so I definitely want to see that um, as well, because that's, I'm sure that's amazing, so. Yep. Good stuff. Good first pick, man. Thank you. All right. So while you were watching Coachella, um, I was actually watching the Masters on Sunday. Ooh, I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit. Getting a little golf. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid golfer, but I'm not an avid golf viewer, if that makes sense. I don't watch it a lot on TV. I watch a lot of the majors. But to hear that like Tiger Woods was in contention to win this thing, like I am locked in. Like mm -hmm. all I, I saw that it was like it was stroke or two within the lead. Watched the whole thing from start to finish, even shed a couple of tears when he hugged his kids. Like I was just like engrossed in this thing. And 
you know, obviously a lot of people like when, when Tiger won and, you know, the media and, you know, people on social media were just going crazy. There were a couple people saying that like, you know, should this guy still be considered like, you know, a role model and hero after everything that's happened in his life and, you know, how a lot of his downfall was self-inflicted and things like that. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, that was like 10 years ago and lots happened since. Right. And, you know, like let's just as sports fans, can we just appreciate the comeback and things like that? So um, first of all, it was, it was also fun watching golf again, which I realized that like, as I'm watching this, like Tiger is my favorite golfer ever, number one. And I'm, I never have had more fun watching golf on TV than I'm watching this guy play, which is just so weird to say, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's crazy. But I wanted to ask you, Ben, like, you know, when we talk about comebacks and things like that, what are some of your favorite, I guess you could say like sports, type stories, tropes, you know, things like that. Is it like the, the comeback from the fallen hero? Is it the the long awaited, you know, title? Is it the continued dominance? Like what are some of the those sports types of stories that you just like you're in, you're locked in for? Well as you know, as a uh, <laughs> people are gonna stop just fast forward a couple minutes, people. Uh as a Patriots fan and a Red Sox fan, <laughs> uh is definitely the continuing dynasty from the Patriots and also of course, you know, Red Sox 04. And like you've said, Chris these socks, you know, you see them struggling as world champions because it seems like these guys just need to have that, you know, band of idiots, it's us against the world kind of mentality to win a game, apparently. That's like a thing that all Red Sox teams going back for like 20 years need to have. Right. And it just keeps going on. So anytime that that there is something abnormal and, you know, I've, I've liked a couple of videos on um, SB Nation and that's a great YouTube channel. And they just talk about like, I love stats too. I love when there's a great video talking about Ricky Henderson and how dominant he was in stolen bases, stolen bases and stuff. And how he really changed the face of baseball, a category that should have just been stagnant like the rest of baseball, you know, after the dead ball era ends, you know, Babe Ruth comes along and spikes up, you know, home runs. And then that sits there, you know, for a long time until Barry Bonds comes around. Mm -hmm. And so I love all those videos that talk about stats and that's why baseball is such a cool thing to watch when you when you hear about all those stat things. Actually, that's a that's a great segue, Chris. Can I segue into one of my pieces? Please. Ready? One of my liked pieces is off of Yahoo Sports. Um Yahoo's still a website. And um they, <laughs> they God knows what company owns this part of Yahoo Yahoo Sports. Um he Chris Davis broke his streak. <laughs> that's right. His his giant hitless streak and what was it? 53 games, 54 or, or 54, 54 at bats. bats sorry. Yeah, 54, at bats. 54 at bats left over from last year. And just the stats of that streak are fascinating and how, you know, the Orioles are in the basement anyways to have someone that was batting. Hold on. Let me just look that up. Like he was hitting 158, 168. That was the worst batting average among qualified hitters in MLB history. That's how he ended the season last year. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) To end the season at 168 below the Mendoza line is out of control. And just to keep that going. And, of course, who does he hit like three hits in a row? The Red Sox. Of course. The Red Sox while they're playing them. And and then I watched him hit a home run. uh, I think it was Sunday or something like that. And it was just ridiculous. You know, it's, I, I thought about this and I was like, the record for the most consecutive games with a hit is 56. Right. The longest streak for, you know, at-bats without a hit is 54. So there's something about that 55, 56 
range in baseball. It just seems very kind of significant, but I got to be honest, like at some point that's got to be in your head as a batter. Oh my God. Like, you know, maybe like, Oh, for 12, like you're like, okay, this is just a normal slump. But like when you get to the Oh, for thirties, Oh, for forties, it's like, that's, you got to be seeing some sports psychologists and things like that, because like, I don't know how you, how you break out. Now, thankfully, I mean, I guess he's broken out of it and stuff like that. But if you're an Orioles fan and you're watching this guy who I believe his contract, his total contract was $145 million. Yeah. You just got to be sick to your stomach as an Orioles fan watching this about a guy who's supposed to be, you know, your premier player um, going through what I guess you could call the yips. I mean, the equivalent in baseball, but um yeah, that well he really hasn't been he has really hasn't been a hitter in a couple right. of years at all too and they're still stuck with him with that contract. It's just so brutal. Which is why I you know I love and hate baseball. And that's why I like anytime the Red Sox you know announce this big signing I'm I'm always like yeah okay <laughs> we'll see like you know like those seven year deals like I'm like okay the first three are going to be great and then we're going to be really regretting the last four. Uh but yeah, no, baseball's weird, especially with those fully guaranteed contracts and things like that. That's why when we're in this now, you know, I guess we're in this era where, you know, these players want these like 10 year contracts all of a sudden and things like that. Right. I don't blame, I don't blame baseball clubs for not wanting to sign guys like that. I know a lot of these owners got criticized for not signing Bryce Harper and Manny Machado right away, but like these guys wanted 10 to 15 year contracts and baseball owners are like, look, we saw what happened in early 2000s with, you know, these types of contracts. They never work out. So, yep. you know, that's what we're going to do. But I don't know. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, and baseball is such an odd sport where if you hit one, you know, if you hit three out of your 10 at bats, you're hitting 300 average. You know what I mean? So it's such a weird thing. I wish that someone kind of told me that when when I was a kid, when I was playing like Little League, I thought you were supposed to hit it out of the park every time at bat. And, you know. <laughs> So you get so down on yourself and like, and the reality is you can strike seven times out of 10 and still be a great hitter. Yeah. It's just craziness. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're a kid. So baseball is such a weird sport when it comes to stats. And, you know, I I love that, you know, switching over to the NBA and you see someone like Steph Curry with his prowess at the three point line. I love those kind of stat stories too, where you just see this guy dominating in such a weird way and changing the face of the sport as we know it. And like even in March Madness this year, you saw these teams trying to pull a Steph Curry. I mean, he's the only one that can hit that many threes consistent consistently. And you know, on the way out of his freaking warm up, like for a game, he he hits a three pointer from the tunnel every single time before they start playing. It's ridiculous, which is just crazy. Yeah, he's he's nuts. He's just nuts. So well, I think the other thing I think gets lost a lot with professional sports and and some of these contracts is, you know, it's it, there's still a mental aspect of the game. And that's sometimes mm-hmm. a, a, a an aspect that cannot be controlled or exercised in a way. So, you know, I remember yeah. when I when I played baseball as a kid, I always had issues with low and outside pitches. Playing baseball as a left-handed batter, if a guy threw low and outside, I I would would not swing at it, and I would usually get called you know a, a third strike on those things. And I don't know, there's just something in my head that always was like low third, you know, that low and outside pitch. I just could not, you know get a swing on it and um it just it gets in your head after a while <laughs> it's like right and there's like youtube videos out there about how it's scientifically impossible to hit a fastball like the, there's there's no science between how batters hit pitches like mm-hmm. they shouldn't be able mm-hmm. to it's like like they've broken down like you like by the time the ball leaves the guy's hand 
you have like 0.2 seconds to swing to commit and to swing or something crazy. And they say that just confidence and your swagger walking into the box can increase your average by like 200 points. Crazy. So it is a weird sport, you know, and I think of like David Ortiz or, you know, someone walking in that has like this ritual spitting into the hands and clapping their bat and doing all these things and looking at the pitcher, how that would make their pitches less affected, effective and your stats go up in, in baseball. It, it's such a weird sport. So weird. It, I mean, baseball, I think of out of all the sports is the most ritualistic. If you think mm-hmm. about it, like, you know, Nomar, remember when he would step oh out of the God. box yeah. and do this crazy thing with his gloves um, every single pitch. And, um, and you see these pitchers, they do the same thing before they wind up. I mean, it's just, it's so ritualistic, but it, it's just interesting how that kind of, that goes into the mental side. Or like how on the other on the other side of it, you had Gary Sheffield who would swing his bat in the oh batter's box. God, Remember that? He would right. have that fan bat above his head, you know, just looking right at the pitcher like that, and must be so distracting <laughs> up on the mound. I was like, some back, especially during that era. I'm like, I would not want to be a pitcher, like facing some of these guys uh, hmm. with with their size at that time. So nuts, man. Good stuff. All right, let me ask you this, my friend. Uh, we yeah. we talk about billions a lot, being you know obviously one of the best you know, written shows on television, one of the best shows, period. But I got to ask you, have you seen what we do in the shadows yet? No, not yet. So you've, you've seen the movie though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. I got to tell you, so they've, they've got the brand new TV series on FX. Hands down, it's the funniest new show on television. Wow. Like, crying my eyes out, hilariously funny. It follows the movie to a T in terms of its style, its pacing, its characters. Um, it's actually written by the whole series is written by Jermaine Clement, and uh, I think Take Taika. Oh God, I pronounce I butcher his name every time. Taika Watiti, um, like co-directed the pilot, and, and he's also heavily involved. But it, it, like I said, it follows that that mockumentary style of comedy, which has become so popular nowadays with shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, of course, and of course, things like yeah. that. And I think a lot of people forget that that style really kind of started with with Christopher Guest and you know this is Spinal Tap and you know Best in Show and a lot of those movies which are freaking brilliant on that end and i'm just wondering like do like i mean this is going to sound weird are we giving Christopher Guest enough credit for like basically like mastering this this format and and popularizing it no and, and not at all i i think you know, the thing I always point to when I talk about Spinal Tap and even up to like Best in Show, you have to rem- remember that they only had four minutes per reel when you're filming that. Really? Where now you can just, you know, take a my phone right now and shoot for hours upon hours. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or digital photography where you have like 16 hours where we can just screw around and get the right take. If you were, if you ever watched the outtakes of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," <laughs> yeah. they they barely hold it together for one take. I mean, they're laughing like on like you could see them start to laugh on the cut. So you have to realize that when they did Spinal Tap, they had all the music produced. They rehearsed for like six months to a year before they even started shooting like film, and then they would have to remember their best improvs off the cuff. Amazing which is crazy and get it within four minutes or you're going to lose God knows how much that film costs back in 1982 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of madness that that is where office, even in the office that's filmed on digital photography. And I think that the reason why that shows like that, or even, 
you know, um, YouTube is around with jackass like stunts is you can film stuff for hours until you get it right. You know, until dude perfect swishes one of their, um, you know, delivery boxes in their mailbox. You can just keep shooting that for days until you get one. And so I think this type of show is going to keep evolving. And I just love how the concept of this show, it it just looks great. And I I love the guys on it. I love the IT crowd. They were on that show too. So I I think this type of show is just going to take off. Definitely. Definitely. So folks, if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows yet, uh, please see it. It's, it's freaking hilarious. Honestly, like it's everything you would want from that and more. So yeah, definitely plug there. So, all right, sir, what else you got? So we had some big uh, trailers this week. We had star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker drop on the internet. Yeah, uh, Chris, what was your initial reaction? Well, first of all, you you jerk. That was one of my five uh, for the week. Ah, well. I told you because I mean it's overlap. freaking Star Wars, so we're gonna we're all gonna be talking about it. I gotta be honest with you. I watched it. I got emotional watching it. Surprisingly, like I actually felt myself getting a little, you know, welling up with uh, emotion there. Yeah, I got really too. fucking pissed at the end of that trailer. I got oh so angry. Why? Just like so. I'm going to make a comparison here. Dennis Leary has this great comment on a, a DVD where when the Red Sox in 2004 were down three, nothing and they won game four in dramatic fashion. He was like amazing. And then he got pissed. Cause then he's, he said his heart got back into it uh, right. after the last Jedi. I got to be honest. I kind of dismissed this trilogy in a way where I was like, I just don't, I don't, I'm not liking where it's going. I really don't like what they did with Last Jedi. I don't like where they tied things up and I don't really know where this is going and things like that. And then I see this trailer and I'm just like, I'm right back where I started with this, with this trilogy, like balls to the wall, excited. Like I cannot wait to see this film. It gave me those, those goosebumps that I, that I rarely get when I see a trailer, but I don't know. It's something about star Wars, man. And JJ, fuck you, man. You did it again to me. You did it again. I know. I'm back. Was it Lando? Was it? Did Lando get to? It was. It was. For, well, first of all, it was. Lando got me. Lando got I me. I had no idea that they're going to bring him back, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I was freaking out. The second that I hear like Leia's theme in anything, yeah, like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm with it. Like you could put that over me doing laundry. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm in there. But yeah, no. Seeing Lando was great. I mean, seeing seeing Carrie Fisher in that in that just that short clip that's where i started getting a little emotional i was like oh shit that's right she's not she's no longer with us fuck and then at the end when you know you see i don't know what they were looking at a lot of people are saying that's like the remnants of the death star or that's like the new construction of a death star yeah oh that's what i thought it was i thought it was me too i was like okay that's the remnants but then i've read a couple of comments online saying no they're building a new one i was like no that that's not going to do that no, you wouldn't build it on a planet. Why would you build it on a planet? I want to build it on a planet because, you know, because people are fucking idiots. But because um, that's going to be so easy to <laughs> launch into space. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, the you know, the first, the Force Awakens, the planet is the Death Star. <laughs> Something right. Like that. And then, of course, you hear that laugh at the end, which everybody's like, who is laughing? Like, is it Emperor Palpatine from the original trilogy? Is it Emperor Snoke? Like, who is laughing at the end of this trilogy? Right. And how the heck do they they tie, you know, if it is Palpatine, how do they bring that into the, the focus? Like, uh, it's got, I mean, it's just one of those things where these people that design these trailers are freaking geniuses. And there's a science to it. And I'm sure that, you know, JJ and all the creative team has a hand in it. But my God, it's like, 
how they pick these things to, to show us. And it's just it, the fact that it's not coming out to Christmas. It's like, but damn it, Dave J, you got me again. You got me again. I'm back in. I know. I know. And I, they have a lot of explaining to do. They got a lot of explaining to do. They, they really do. That last Jedi was dreadful. If now, if we cut to this movie from the first movie, I'd be all in. All in. Well, I watched the last Jedi. As soon as I watched this trailer, I literally like went on and I, cause I have it on my iTunes thing. I just went on and watched the last Jedi and it's such a tough freaking watch. Ugh. It really is. It just. I'm not watching it again. I'm really not. <laughs> I And I, well, the reason I watched it again was like, did I maybe have it wrong? Like, was I wrong? And no, like I, it's, it's, yeah. it's stressful to watch. <laughs> it literally, it vexes me watching this movie <laughs> and I get very angry and, and just, yeah, no, like again, like this, this, the way that they design these trailers, I mean, it just, I'm back. I'm back in it. I know. The Last Jedi, just that Ryan Johnson. Well, that's the second. It's okay that if we doubled up on this um, because um, my article that I picked was um, from Uproxx, and they say that Star Wars movies are taking a hiatus after Rise of the Skywalker. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So they said that we're going to take a hiatus, hiatus for a couple of years. Uh, Kathy Kennedy told the public publication, and we're taking – the time to really look at where the we're going from the standpoint of this saga. Well, what makes me nervous is originally they had announced that the next trilogy of films is going to be spearheaded by Ryan Johnson. Right. All of them. All of right. them. And I'm like, shit, like, right. I don't know if that's a good move. And I, and the, the crazy thing is I never thought I would say that about Ryan Johnson, who up to last Jedi, like the, the dude couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Looper is one of my favorite science fiction movies, you know, of the past 25 years. Right. But now it's like, do you really want to give him the keys to this? Like, I, I just don't know. And I, I'm fine with them taking a break. Like, yeah, take a break. Like, no need to pump out, like, off spins or prequels or anything like that. Just let things settle and let us, like, develop that hunger again. And, you know, if it's five, six years from now, I'm I'm good. Like, I'm, I've gotten my fill. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I... I... I think this is them backing away from him. I, I really do. Like in like in the article, it says like, mm. well, they didn't say that they weren't going to keep going on with the trilogy, but I think that's what this is. I, I have my fundamental problems with last Jedi is that you could, one could say that, Oh, you didn't like the crazy choices he made. That's not my issue. It's like he wanted his cake and he wanted to eat it too. There was so many times in the movie where mm-hmm. there was these like, scenes that would go okay we're going to do this or we're going to do this and then they would do neither you know most famously is kylo asking ray you know let's just burn it all to the ground or let's run away together and forget all this both amazing choices both amazing choices i'm in if you know even up until that point with all the mistakes if if they just took off with each other and i'd be whoa like you know what i mean that would be mic dropping I'm your father stuff. If they just drop their swords and start kissing right there, I'd be like, what is going <laughs> on? I'd be like, you know what I mean? Imagine that. Like that would be more shocking than any, you know, light speed into a bunch of ships. The, the whole theater would like be silent. And instead they didn't choose either. They had something happen. They, they face off and the explosion happens and then she runs away. And so they had all these scenes and just like um, when Finn, 
goes to sacrifice himself to save his friends and then stupid Rose <laughs> bumps him out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here could have been a choice like, wow, Finn, that was the point of his character to sacrifice himself for all these people. And that's really cool arc for someone that was a stormtrooper. Nope. Let's, you know, let's have that intent in Finn and then have him still live. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what the movie felt like to me? It felt like, like half the movie was, this is what we're going to do. And then the other half is like response to test audiences. Yep. Like, like that, that situation with Finn, like what a ballsy choice to have him sacrifice himself yeah. at the end of that movie. And then like test audiences hate it. So, you know, Rose bumps him out of the way. <laughs> you know, like the same thing with with Kylo and um, oh god, I'm I'm her character, Ray. Ray, Ray. thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah, like them dropping their swords, running away together. They probably did that in an earlier cut, and the audiences hated it. So let's just do you know something else. And what killed me kills me about Last Jedi is it's such a momentum killer. Yep, it feels like you know it's like if you're listening to an amazing music album, and the first like four tracks are just you know just absolute anthems and then you get to this like ballad that just makes you depressed and it's like <laughs> shit that wow all that momentum just came to an end <laughs> like yeah there was like so many choices like that in the movie where i felt like the um the first one of this trilogy the first movie had a lot of bold choices right off the bat and was unwavering and like jj abrams was not scared to make some choices and, you know, be as, as it may, like, if you have problems with Ray having these force powers off the bat and we don't know where she's from, at least it's a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least, you know, if, if, if Finn blazes a lightsaber and takes on Kylo pretty good, you know, you can have some fundamental fanboy theories. Oh, I don't know if he should be ready and Kylo's supposed to be this. At least they made a choice. At least they're keeping us entertained. And the blowback for that movie was minuscule compared to the blowback of Jedi. And I believe it's because of that, because maybe, you know, maybe it's, we don't know behind the scenes. Maybe Ryan Johnson wanted to make some subversive film about star Wars. And then, you know, the studio came in and said, Whoa, 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 whoa you can't do that. So you have all these choices like Luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulders, but at the end, Luke saves the day. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's two contrasting character views like if, if someone that's going to throw his lightsaber over his shoulders to this woman I, I can't they didn't really justify him coming around in the end to do what he did you know what i mean and so right. it's just about these character choices that aren't built by the script for us to care about them or believe in them so i hope jj writes the ship but i think the damage is done uh, chris i did i get chills watching this trailer yes but i can't see myself i'm gonna i'll go they got my money, <laughs> but I'm going to go um, with definitely a step back. Like, okay. Like low expectations. L ultra low expectations. Yeah. I don't even know if I'll go opening night. Whoa. Yeah, they, they kind of lost me. Well, yeah, they definitely lost I, me. I, 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 I 100% agree with you. And it feels like, you know, with the Star Wars fandom, you're not going to please everybody. It's impossible. Like you can't – like you've right. got all different degrees of fans. You've got people that love – certain characters more than others. Like you're never going to please everybody. And what kills you at the last Jedi is it, it felt like you were trying to do that. Like you were trying to please everybody, but not making bold choices by not, you know, going 90 degrees and things like that. So yeah, it's just like, you need to get back to that, that taking risks and, you know, see, let the chips fall where they may, but you take that chance, like take that chance with this, with this. 
and, and you know set new paths set new courses with this thing so right and, and you know what like in the opposite you know we've talked about this the opposite is when um episode seven came out i was like high end I, I bought it on blu-ray i'm rocking and rolling and then rogue one came out i that took me to another level i'm like this is awesome we're gonna get one of these every year and then it just that really popped the tire and it's just because of all those lack of choices that they're mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. where rogue one is the opposite like that is the complete opposite even though there was some tinkering and you can see some shots in the trailer you know i've seen like videos you know really dig into the trailer and it looks like there's a whole section of the movie that was probably cut when they were going into the um the main um the beach sequence and all that stuff like yeah but at least at the end of the movie you're you're still like wow that was a choice that was such a choice to make that movie like that and it makes it's what makes it memorable it's yep. what makes it significant and exactly same thing with with Empire when that originally came out. I mean, the freaking a the choices they made in that movie were have been generation defining. Like Luke, I'm your father. Mm-hmm. Like holy shit, what? <laughs> like that, uh, and you know, for people that watch that trilogy for the first time now, still have that same reaction. Like I can't wait for my son to be old enough where I can show him the original Star Wars trilogy. I'm sure he's gonna flip his lid. So yeah, like I just oh. make those. Well, me and me and Deacon have watched that like for a while now. <laughs> We've been watching that for a long time. Amazing. Amazing. So I did not like, however, a lot of, there was a rumor um, out there that that was actually Jar Jar Binks's laugh at the end of the trailer. I was not on board with that at all. So now like, that's a choice. Shit. That's a, you know what? If that was, if that's the choice they make, uh, I can respect that. I can respect that. So all those fan theories about him being like a Sith Lord, like the puppet master, you've seen those on I YouTube, have. right? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And a choice. You're right. You're right. Good stuff, my man. Well, on the similar theme of, of films and, and anticipated films, this news actually, again, I, Tuesday, something about Tuesdays, breaking news. This just came out today. Apparently, 40 minutes of the Avengers Endgame have been leaked. Whoa. I don't know how. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know how it got out there, but it's out there. It's on like all the the reddits and the back channels, like somehow forty minutes of this movie. Now, what I I haven't heard and what I'm definitely not going to explore is is it forty straight minutes? Is it like a forty minute compilation? Like what like a real clip? Or yeah, something. yeah, like right, right. you know things like that. So I'm not going to obviously explore that because I don't want anything spoiled. But because these forty minutes are out there these freaking assholes that just love to disrupt are starting to put spoilers out on the internet about oh, what happens. That's and awful. It's awful. So Marvel studios, the Russo brothers had to basically come out today and say like, first of all, if you're sharing this stuff, don't cause you're a jerk. Uh, but secondly to the fans, like sadly, like don't read anything on the internet. Like, like the movie comes out in 10, 10 days don't read That's anything awful. and um, and don't trust anything and th- things like that. So um, my question is, uh, and it's not really not to like, you know, ask the mindset of people who do such things because I don't even want to give them credit, but trolls and stuff like that. But even yeah, if trolls, I was the man. type of person that would be, I guess you could say, attracted to learning spoilers ahead of time, why would you ever want to do that? with Especially with a movie like Avengers that can go in a million different directions – like, why would I ever want to spoil that experience for myself before seeing it online? I, I just don't get it. Oh, I know. I, I, I don't get that either. Like, there's a certain point 
you know, and especially with like a Marvel movie, like I barely, there's a new trailer out that came out a couple weeks ago. I didn't watch that. Like they got my money. I don't want to see any more clips. We've talked about how, like, I hate when trailers kind of give you so much that you're sitting there saying, oh, I'm waiting for that part in the trailer to come up. I know that this guy dies or something right. like that. <laughs> I hate that. You know what I mean? Um, I hate all that. I, there was this person I used to hang out with and uh, she would like research uh, movies that we'd go see. I, I remember there's Chris, did you see that three deliberate strangers movie? Oh the yeah. Documentary that came out about the, the identicals. Yeah. Siblings. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was at the movies with her and she was like, Oh yeah. I researched. I saw that this happened. I go, what the wait, like <laughs> what's the point of watching the movie? If you know what happens, like the way that movie twists and turns, you're like shocked and floored. And you know what I mean? All the little, see, I can't even tell, I can't even say what happens in the movie because I don't want to spoil it for people. And that's the fun part of that. It's a documentary, but it feels like a, yeah. a movie movie, a dramatic movie. And here's this person like, oh, yeah, she spoiled the whole thing. And I was like, what the hell? So, yeah, I can't get behind that mentality. And remember, the same thing happened to um, Tarantino's Hateful Eight. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. The script got leaked. Script got leaked, and he goes, "You know what? Screw it. Screw you, internet fanboy troll guys. I'm not even going to make the movie now." And it took like the whole cast for him to say, like, and then they went out and they did the live readings, and then finally they said, "Okay, we'll make it." But it took a lot of encouragement because that kills creativity, that kills everything, and like especially a Tarantino movie, you want to be shocked when something happens. Talking about bold choices in a script, you know, any character can die at any second or any character can do something nuts and say something funny at any second. And you want to just be shocked and amazed. And if you're spoiled and you've read a full review, I mean, when I read reviews online, Chris, I don't know if you do this, too. I don't do it a lot for movies. It, usually movies I'm on the fence about going to see. Right, right. And I usually skip over the main, like the middle blurb when they go through the plot of the movie. I just want to hear what they thought about it at the beginning of their article and then at the end. You know, so overall, I thought Ant-Man was good or, you know what I mean? Just something like that. I was like, all right, I'll go see exactly. it. Exactly. Right. You know, and I don't understand why if, you know, in criticism, why they even mess with that blurb. Like, uh, you know, okay, the movies, I know, I know what the movie's about. Like, I don't need to hear, I don't need to get any new information from the review whatsoever. Just tell me your reaction. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like right. without giving away anything. And from, I, you know, to your point earlier, like very rarely for movies like Avengers, for Star Wars, you know, The Force Awakens, I, I read nothing. Like I didn't read any, I, right. Rotten Tomatoes, I ignored the score. I ignored the reviews. I just, yeah, you know, I walked in completely blind and, you know, I can have a genuine reaction, but you're, you're right. I've, I've been in movies where, especially horror films where someone has read the synopsis for her hand and like, oh, I'm, I'm watching awful. it and like someone like across the aisle from me, but like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Or like, watch this, watch it. Or like, get ready, get ready. Like, it's like, shit, dude. Like, okay. Like I, I'm sure a jump scare is going to happen in a second, but yeah. Shit, man. Like, thanks. You just spoiled that that impact. So, like, I don't, I don't understand what this this need to be have things spoiled before you walk into it. Oh, I know, and 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 that's like some of the best movies that have come out in the past couple of years, like you know, Get Out or Us, or that there was a great movie last year, Chris. I don't know if you saw it. It was that Hereditary movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought that was going to have, I thought that had Oscar buzz when it came out and it, it really didn't, it fizzled out. Yeah. never got the steam it deserved. Yeah. No. Cause that movie was fabulous. The acting was fabulous. The twists and turns because, and the whole movie similarly to get out was kind of a drama and like multi genre kind of movie where it's like, it's a family drama. It's a thriller. It's a horror movie. And it kind of flipped you a bunch. But if you got that movie spoiled, it'd be pointless to watch because it's an indie low budget movie. Not a lot really happens as far as action. So if you're spoiled, what are you doing? You're just sitting there watch, you know, like you said, consuming content to consume content. Right. Right. Not really being entertained. And I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, um, it's not just film and television, but like even books, even where, you know, a lot of these reviews, they review and like, you know, uh, you know, Wikipedia is the worst now because you can get the entire synopsis of these books. But I got to give credit to my wife, um, Nicole, who's probably listening, is that when she's reading a book, she she does she doesn't do any reviews, she doesn't do any spoilers, and I've literally seen her like reading a book, gasp and throw the book across the room when she like <laughs> comes across like something surprising. So like, and part of you know, and it, it, thinking of that, it's like that's the joy of those moments that I can see other people reacting the same way I am. Um, and we could all kind of share in that moment together of like, oh my God, um, type of thing. And uh, yeah, no, I just, I love seeing the re- like reactions right, like exactly. that when people are genuinely surprised at, at you know, certain mediums. So. Yeah. Those are great audience members when you're acting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, heck yes. Heck. I mean, there's nothing better when you hear a gasp at a line, you know, or like um, all that. Oh, I love that. That's, that's a great feeling. So, all right. So what else you got? That was a great pick. Um, so uh, big news, of course, this week was Jon Snow finally rode a dragon in the Game of Thrones premiere. <laughs> yes. Are you freaking kidding me? That was awesome. Uh, you know, not to spoil anything, but if you're listening to this, it's been out a couple of days. If you're a GOT fan, you've definitely watched. But I'm just going to say great first episode. Um, you know how in the past on this show... You get built up and you're like, oh my God, something's going to happen this week. And then you get the talking heads episode, you know what I mean? Where it's just people talking. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like he had a, you know, he had a crossbow aimed at his like father's head. And now we're going to talk about it for an hour. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so right. this first episode set up so many things and it was great. But the big bummer is that there's only five more episodes and this show is over. Um, and it's such Done. an iconic show. It might be one of the last surviving shows that all of the world is consuming on a weekly basis. This might be it. I really think right. that, you know, with when Mad Men went away, when Breaking Bad went away, and this one, Sopranos, all those Sopranos, go away. Like all those shows, now yeah. we can get a full season and everyone's kind of consuming it at their own pace. Like, oh, I'm on episode five. I'm on episode seven. Where Game of Thrones, you have to watch that that night because you don't want it spoiled the next day at, at work or on the internet. You know what I mean? My, uh, my, right. my friend Ryan, who I watched the, uh, the premiere with, he was, he was doing like fake spoilers on his Facebook page to be a jerk. Just saying that all these characters were dead and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and people yeah. will go nuts. Like, no, like what are you doing? That's amazing. That's yeah. I think to your point, I think this is how, this, I mean, we talk about how the music industry survives. This is how HBO survives in the Netflix era. Yep. Is that they could create content like this where, sorry, dude, you got to wait seven days. 
Like, and everybody has to wait seven days. So sorry, England, sorry, China. Like you're not getting this episode before anybody else. We're all getting it at the same time. And you're a hundred percent right. I mean, Game of Thrones is a global event. And even more to the point, I think it's going to be one of those shows that truly stands the test of time because. Oh, definitely. Like when you watch like Sopranos, like I, I love that show. I worship that show. But yeah. first, you know, the first couple seasons are really dated. Like it's really, it's like early two thousands, late nineties. Like you can see that. But with this show, because it's you know taking place in the period that it does, and the visual effects are stunning and everything like that, it's. I don't think it's ever going to feel like oh yeah, this is so two thousand nineteen. Like you know, it's like it's right, it's exactly. going to stand the test of time for storytelling, for writing, for acting, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. I mean, and like a show that I have you know revered, revered too. I mean. The Wire, I mean, one of the biggest drawbacks oh my is, God. Yeah. you know, beepers and cell phones and pay phones. And to show a kid that now, I'm just even thinking like 10 years from now when my kid's like 15, to show him like The Wire, he'll be like, what? People had to use a pay phone? Like even that concept would be just <laughs> so foreign and you yeah. have to explain so much. Like uh, I showed uh, – Actually, you know what? Kids kids are pretty slick. You know what I showed uh, Deacon today? I actually showed him uh, Duck Soup, one of my favorite oh, nice. movies ever. And I, yeah. my parents showed me when I was a kid too. So, But when, you know, Ciccolini and uh, Harpo keep answering the phone on Groucho, like I didn't have to explain to him that that was a phone. Right. So they, they kind of get it. There's like still the universal language. Even as I'm saying this right now, I have my you know pinky out, my thumb up on my hand. <laughs> so like people still do this, even though that's not how we hold cell phones. <laughs> right. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But like you're yeah, you're 100 percent right. I mean, I think it's just one of those like I think for even when I was a kid, like in a teenager, like you know, someone would show me like Hill Street Blues or like Seen Elsewhere, which were considered like the dramas of the day or L.A. Law which if you watch it is so over the top eighties. Right. Um, like I would be like, Oh man, look at the hair. Look at the, and, and completely ignoring the, the, the writing and, and what was going on in those scenes, which still, I mean, I watched an episode the other day, it still holds up. So yeah, no, but a show like Game of Thrones, man, like I, I, I get so amped and the, I heard, you know, it's interesting. You brought up like the reaction to this first episode. I heard from so many people how much they did not like the oh, first no. episode because oh, they no. felt, it was too much talking and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, like you need, you need exposition. Like you have to have that. And there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And, and a lot's passed too. It's not like we just right. picked up right where we left off. Like I was so happy that we fast forward at least, you know, six months to a year where we're, we're building armies. Armies are coming, you know, just, to, I'm just being very generic right now to not spoil anything, but you know, right. people have shifted on the map. You know what I mean? It's not like, Last season happened, and it's like the second after that. Like we, you know, we fast forward where this show historically has been like, all right, now we have Tyrion in a carriage for a whole season <laughs> trying to get to Westeros or something like that. You know, um, so that, that'll be a whole season. So this, I, I, I was very impressed with this, and it seems like we're going to be keep clipping along at a fast pace next week too with, with the scenes. So happy, happy, happy. I think just people just, you know, they just need to realize like, you know, take a breath. It's okay. Like you can't have everything be carnage every single week. Cause then what stands out at that point? Like how much further do they need to go? Like, I just have a feeling like the last maybe three episodes of this, this series are just going to be absolutely insane to watch. And, yeah. um, 
exactly. you know, I'm, 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 I've got high hopes necessarily to, to say, but yeah, no, I think this is going to be, I mean, a lot of people are out there like saying, okay, what do we do next? What do we do next? I mean, they are, they do have that prequel series that is slated to come out. Um, I think next year, um, starring Naomi Watts, it's the whole prequel game of Thrones yeah. series. So, yeah, yeah. You know, for those of you who love that world, I mean, it's not going away. I mean, come on, it's a cash cow for HBO. They're not gonna, yeah, <laughs> not gonna let that go away. It's such a great series to have prequels. You know how we just talked yeah. about how you know, Greece having a prequel is <laughs> <laughs> not going to be as expansive and interesting. But you know, like Lord of the Rings coming out with a prequel on Amazon, and Game of Thrones coming out with a prequel, those are totally fine worlds where you could go off in an avenue and a totally different tribe of people or a totally different block of the island where we don't even we, we even touch upon it that much you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. even especially in middle earth whether it be westeros or middle earth there there's plenty to cover there's plenty to talk about so that's why the show's great and i think that you know with with series like these it's like do whatever you want in the prequel like you could with the next show you could like somehow set it up and surprise me that like what we saw in Game of Thrones was the prequel, and what we're getting is next. I mean, you know, screw with my head a little bit, and I'm I'm all in now. Now I I had heard, I think it was like last year that they were trying to think about doing like a sequel TV series on Amazon to The Matrix, and I gotta be honest, like I'm not no. really interested in that. Like that world, I'm like, okay, we saw everything we kind of need to see with those characters in that world. But with this, it's like do whatever you want. Like I'll just sit back and do, you know do what you want with me. I'm fine. Like, well, and the Matrix was kind of self-contained anyway. I mean, they yeah. really explained if you really paid attention. I mean, back in the day, those were the the trilogies to watch, and you know now those are definitely dated, and the CGI doesn't look as good, and you know there's and they're definitely just bad. some flaws. They're just they're awful. just yeah yeah the third <laughs> one's just bad flaws. Um, <laughs> but you know the whole architect's speech you know talks about how it's really self-contained so you would just be watching this thing on repeat anyway so i I don't know how far far they could take that show but yeah here 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 with fantasy shows and let's let's just keep doing prequels sequels i love it love it love it love it all right so for my last pick i don't know i mean i i I don't want to keep going back and forth to the uh the snl well so to speak but kind of a um history making moment last week um, the K-pop group, uh, BTS, uh, performed and, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with BTS, but they're a Korean boy band. Um, uh, yeah, no, been around I'm for not. the past two years and I don't know, like it's, it's like whenever they perform here in the States, like people just lose their shit and very reminiscent to like new kids on the block and NSYNC and all those guys. Okay. Like same type of, right. you know, it seemed to be like, this is their that this generation's those guys, so to speak. And I don't know for, for me being an Asian guy and watching like American audiences and American teenagers and, you know, I'll be honest, like white girls lose their shit over a group of Korean guys. I don't know. There's something cool about that. to me. (laughs) It gives you a shot. I got it. You're saying there's a chance. (laughs) You're saying there's a chance. Um, I don't know. It's like for as much as I've, (laughs) Uh, for as much as I've criticized SNL this past year for it's just shoddy writing left and right, like they've actually done a f- pretty freaking good job of bringing Asians onto this show. We've actually had two Asian hosts this year, which never has happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, like um, we had Aquafina towards yeah. the beginning of the year and then Sandra O oh a couple weeks ago. Um, and now BTS was like one of the biggest music acts of the year. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very cool to see like, 
this this type of response. But I had to ask you, Ben. Like, are are you down with K-pop? Is that like have you listened to it? <laughs> like, is there anything appealing to you about K-pop? Uh, well, very. <laughs> I I don't I don't know, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I just I mean, said you're a musical connoisseur. Yeah, <laughs> I just said earlier in the podcast that I'm I have a wide variety of musical tastes, but apparently not that wide. K-pop is a bridge too far. Yeah the uh, the only person I know from that part of the world uh, from the past couple of years is Rich Brian. You mm-hmm. know who that is? No, no, no the rapper. Oh, really? No, oh. I got I to get on that. I'll have to send that to you. He's this hardcore gangster rapper. He's 15. I believe he's from, let's say he's from, oh, he's from like Chicago, but he's like from Thailand or something. I don't know. Nice. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. And when you hear this kid's voice, he's 15. He has like a deeper voice than I do. It's great. I'll have to send it to you. I'll have to check it out. I don't know. Is it a kid? Yeah. I, I, after watching BTS, like I, 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 I'll be honest, I'm Korean American. I have no idea, like any knowledge whatsoever of, of K-pop. Like it's just beyond me. And after <laughs> after watching like this performance on SNL, I really went in, did a deep dive on YouTube, and just looking up K-pop groups that have like blown up all over the world. I I don't get it. Like I just don't get it. Like I'm sure I'm sure if I spoke Korean and lived in Korea, like I'd probably be like, this is awesome because I understand what they're saying. But as an American audience, like who's watching this? who doesn't know Korean or understand a word these guys are saying, like, I don't understand how people can lose their shit over these guys as much as they, they are. But I mean, Hey, that's, I think it's, that's not a bad thing. Now is that, is that Lauren Michaels trying to cast a wide net as far as like Saturday Night Live goes, trying something different, like, you know, trying to bring in different regions of the world, making bold choices, if you will. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it is, it's a genius move. Right. I mean, it, it, I think you know, we talk about how things survive. I think that's how SNL survives. And I think it's how SNL survives a terrible writing season. It's like, well, okay, like we had terrible writing, but look at all these diverse hosts that we brought in. Like, look what we're trying to do with, you know, make, you know, bringing in new cultures and new interests into this um, thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm digging, <laughs> it's weird to say, like, I'm digging everything that SNL is doing except for what they're worth their writing this season. supposed to be doing right <laughs> exactly but i will say if have you uh, there's a great sketch this weekend i don't know if you saw emma stone was the host by the way and okay she she typically does a good job like in, you know in another life in another dimension like she is a full-time snl cast member like no doubt hmm. um but she did this one um uh, sketch it was a pre-taped sketch like almost like a digital short called the actress and it's about this woman you gotta see because it's it's freaking hilarious but it's about this woman who's like a really serious dramatic actress exploring the depths depths of her character on a gay porn set it's like she is the she is the jilted wife walking in on um her husband and some you know the lawnmower guy you know going to town and her line is like oh my god julio what are you doing and like she like the amount of preparation that goes into her role she's talking about like you know who's this woman like what's her story (laughs) it's freaking hilarious if you're an actor um you truly appreciate it it's 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 pretty crazy but that was like the one highlight from the show, but I, I just, yeah, to your point, I love that SNL, everything SNL is doing this year in terms of bringing in new cultures, except for uh, the writing itself. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. So that's five. That's I think we, no, I, I, with, I still with, owe you one. Oh, oh dude. Okay. We well, had that overlap. That's what happened. We had the overlap with Star Wars. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, we got more Star Wars this week too. Get out of I here. I hate to beat a dead horse, but this is, it's on this week. This, this week was like fantasy week for me, like fantasy baseball and fantasy uh culture freaking uh the mandalorian 
sneak peek trailer was leaked on the internet. Did you watch that, Chris? I have not. I didn't know it was leaked on the internet. I just heard that it it was shown at the Star Wars celebration of this weekend, but I have not seen any footage yet. It was kind of one of the behind the scenes kind of trailers. Oh, I see. Little clips, but then they had interviews with John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy uh, during it. And that show looked really interesting. You know, speaking of what we were just talking about, uh, a fantasy world where you can dive into different characters, different depths and everything. So really interesting stuff. A hundred percent right. And I, the cast, I the, the announced cast I heard, like Pablo Pascal from, from Narcos is on it. Like I think he's the yep. lead. That dude's yep. incredible. He's inc- He was great in Triple Frontier, by the way, which I saw just recently. Oh, you did? Per, yeah, as stuff, per your huh? suggestion. Talk about like making bold choices. No spoilers, but holy shit, like halfway through that yeah. movie. But anyway, um, you know, it, it. I I love the fact that they're doing this TV series. I trust John Favreau. I never thought I would say that as a director. Like, I love the guy as an actor, but I mean, he's he's he hasn't let me down yet. Um, I'm excited to see where this TV series goes, and I'm also really excited for the entire streaming network. Did you hear what? Did you hear about the details about this Disney? No, streaming no, not network? at all. What is it? So, so, so Disney is going to put out all these new, this new content, all these original films, all of their old films and content will be on there. All the Marvel shit will be on there. It's going to cost you six ninety nine a month. Wow. Okay. I mean, you got yeah, my money. That, that might be, have to be purchased. That's pretty awesome. Is uh, Song of the South going to be on there? I want to check that out. Uh, man, I hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, a little in joke okay. if no one knows what that is, but <laughs> let, let's let's do a quick time out here, um, just like we do with Karate Kid Part of Two. Of course, um, I saw Song of the South. I would say in the, within the last ten years. It Get is, out of here! Yeah, I have. It's on YouTube, actually. You can watch the whole thing. It's not as racist as a lot of people make it out to be. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but it's it, it's definitely a love letter to the South in a way. But and you, I mean, if you really want to make the leap that okay, that Jack Rabbit or that Fox, they kind of sound like you know stereotypes and things like that. I, I I can see that, but there's nothing I would say overtly racist about that film. But um, this might be an extraordinarily hot take. I can't can't no. wait to watch it, Chris. <laughs> now, as opposed to. And uh, God, this is not this is not YouTube. And this week, wow, <laughs> this is not this is not my YouTube suggestion. You got Birth of a Nation coming up you, next or something? <laughs> uh, no, if you Google, I, I don't even know if these are Disney cartoons, but if you just Google like early racist cartoons, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if it's Warner Brothers or Disney or like there are some horrifyingly racist cartoons on the internet that were like they, these were made in like the 1940s and. <clears throat> Again, not not like you know nefarious. Like, oh man, like we hate you know black people and things like that. It's just like the way they're depicted <laughs> is stunningly awful. And not and not even I'm not even talking about a 2019 lens. I'm talking like in a 1955 lens, it would be looked at as really bad taste. So, um, excellent, Chris. Yeah, I can't it, wait. I, <laughs> I, can't, I don't know if anybody wants to go down that rabbit hole, but just saying, it's out. It's out there. So there you go. Good segue, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's go. Okay, we can't see with a straight face. Let's go YouTube, folks. Let's go YouTubing. <laughs> Down racist cartoons. Uh, yeah, I thought you were your hot random. takes with the what, – what country was that with the sad commercials? I thought that was intense. 
Oh, Taiwan. Taiwan. Taiwanese ad commercials. I don't know what's going on in Taiwan. I don't know if it's like fucking Seattle over there, but something. Cheer up, guys. <laughs> Cheer up, Taiwan. <laughs> damn. All right. Well, <laughs> damn. What do you What do you got for us on YouTube in this week, my friend? Okay, so we had that giant discussion last week about um, gambling. Yes. And did you watch Action about... by the way? Oh, uh, not yet. Not yet. Not okay. Yet. All right. Cool. Um, so I'll, I'll probably get on that right as we finish up right here. Um, so I thought that two uh, YouTube channels or YouTube videos about gambling would be apropos um, talking about um, one of my favorite things to do on YouTube is when I'm in the man cave and shooting darts down here, I like to put on some poker after dark or yeah. um, I think it's express poker express.net has a channel and they just have some great, you know, some celebrity games, but just a lot of good action games going on. And you said that you're a big poker guy too. So huge. Um, there's a great video. And so folks, you can get my liked videos on, if you just search live nude swearing on YouTube, you can find my liked videos page. Um, uh, this video is called when you hit a straight flush, a poker video by PokerExpress.net. So it's just a bunch of people hitting straight flushes. Some of them, uh, turn out successfully. Some of them, you know, they, they, they talk the guy into betting along with them. It's pretty awesome video. So it's a 12 minute video of people catching straight flushes. That's amazing. Have you ever caught a straight flush playing poker? I've caught quads a couple times. That's about it, I think. And then I caught, um, I'll tell the story. So like one of my favorite or my, my, one of my first times playing poker in a casino. And this is really early on. This is extremely early on. This is like, I'm going to say this was Oh three. I was at Taj Mahal in Atlantic city to go see Tom Jones. This is a long time ago. Great concert. Yeah. And, uh, I'm down there and it, this is right before is Oh three, like Chris moneymaker. Is that like Oh three or Oh four? Oh yeah. Yep. So right around there, right. That's just coming on TV. And I was, and I started researching, that kind of poker. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try this out. And I roll in and it looks like, you know, the scene in rounders when they go to Atlantic city, there are just some old folks at this table and I am the fresh meat <laughs> rolling into this table. And it's, you know, um, $40 buy-in, no limit two four. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I still have to ask, is it my turn to bet? Like every time I'm annoying. Um, but I know what, you know, I know how to play poker from back in the day. And I remember I, this is my first hand. I buy in, I catch ace four. And then on the flop, I catch two, three, five. Nice. <laughs> and I check after the flop. So you slow played it. I slow played it. And the guys tried to outbid me. And I had the whole table in. I quadrupled up and then walked away from the table. And of course, all the old guys got super pissed. <laughs> Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you have to give got, them a chance to win it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played a couple more, but then I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. And they're like, no, no, no. It's so funny. It's amazing. Um, I, I I caught a Royal Flush actually last year. Um, nice. I was, in, I was in Mohegan Sun, and guy guy across me definitely had like a Flush as well. But I caught a Jack on the turn, and I had King Queen and Ace-10 were already out there. And... It was a low limit, like two four, just like you. So it wasn't like hundreds upon hundreds of dollars in the pot. But man, like, some when you when you hit what's called the nuts in poker, where it's like right. you've got the best hand, you can't be beat. That is that is the as one of the best feelings in the world. I mean, 
I'm sure there's a lot of other great feelings out there that aren't tied to, to gambling, but when you know you can't be beat and you've got the winning hand and you can do anything you basically you want at a table um, and all that money that you see in the center of that pile is coming to you, it, it that's a great – it's an addictive feeling. It is it's a great, great feeling. It really feeling. is. And yeah, and it's so dramatic, that game. You it, know, really it really is. speaks to the – Drama. I love it so much. And, and, and videos and videos that, like that that you just brought up are fascinating to watch because you see certain guys react differently. But it, they're actually really helpful because you can kind of see how a guy, his tell in his way. Like, okay, like if he gets a straight flush, he's going to react this way or that way. So like those videos are definitely analyzed by, um, you know, a lot of pro players because, you know, if, hey, if I get a hand, chances are my hand is going to start shaking. And that's a obvious tell that I've got something. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, those are, those are great. I love watching those. I also love watching videos where poker players are just talking shit to each other. Oh, I love and that. Like, like where like poker room fights, which are so, by the way, petty and so like, not like the opposite of NBA brawls. Like that's a poker room fight. Like, <laughs> so Ron Artest is not laying on the poker table. <laughs> right, exactly. So as, as rad as like hockey fights look like the poker rooms, complete opposite and yeah. um They're it's like how dare you brittle. sir right <laughs> if i just snap like, a lot of times it's just verbal like how dare you do that to me sir and it's just it's great so yeah i i would just kind of piggyback off of your pick uh watch just look up poker room fights it's phenomenal oh i'll it's do phenomenal. that um and then my second video uh this week is um why this eyesore replaced the mob run stardust resort in las vegas and it's this very famous mid-strip um I don't know. It looks like a parking garage thing that's still going on, but it's about it, it's a 26 minute and it goes about goes into the history of the Stardust, which is the casino that Casino is based on. It goes the, on that for like 14 minutes and then it goes into what the actual development going into that place is supposed to be and why it's been delayed and really fascinating video. Tons of information. The guy speaks so fast. You can tell his voice is sped up. I mean, but you get everything. You, it goes through the whole casino up until now. So it kind of tells you where that property went and why we're here right now. So great video. Go check that out. That's a great one. I think I know I, I know exactly what um, development you're talking about. I've seen it. I think I've seen that exact video too about like the financial you know, downfalls and, and construction and contracting issues that that place has had. I can't remember what the name of the hotel is for that. It's like I know it's supposed to be the Echelon, and then uh, it turned Echelon Place, and then it's like World World Resort or something like that. It looks like a yeah. big Asian themed um, casino. They're going to build like the Great Wall of China and make it look like Forbidden City kind of thing. Dude, you're making me want to go to Vegas. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. I just want you to know that. Um, but yeah, no, Vegas is is one of those cities that like I don't know, it's never going to be satisfied. Like it's never going to be finished. And nope. it it makes it exciting. It also makes it very like I don't know, like it just makes you want to come back more and more because it's like, okay, this is where this building is now. I got to come back next year to see where it's, it is then. And um I was actually at I stayed there this past fall. I was, I, I go there usually out there a couple times a year for business. And I was staying in this hotel called the uh, Vidara, which is like this amazing, like sweet hotel. And for room service, no joke, they've got like an R2-D2 type robot that delivers the food to you. Whoa, cool. I have no idea how they do it. I don't know how it navigates like 
to your room. Like it goes out the restaurant, goes into an, it literally gets in an elevator. Like it waits for an elevator to come down to the lobby and gets in the elevator, gets off at your floor and gets to your door. I have no idea how it does that. And part of me doesn't want to know, but it's like, wait, does it, so wait, is, is it on a rail or something like that? Or does it? No, no. It's like, it's like a free moving droid. And the droid avoids people and stuff or stops it avoid, people? I, I, it, I literally – I'm glad you brought that up because I actually tested that. And I saw – as I was walking towards the elevator, I saw one coming out. And I stood in the middle of the um, that corridor yeah. thinking that, okay, it's going to – you know I'm going to bump into it. It literally stopped and then it, it like moved to the side and moved around me as if I was Dude, like a wall. That's insane. What, insane. What, what hotel was that? Vidara, V D A R A. Like, and if just just Google like robot, you know, room service, and you'll see that the videos of this thing. It's it looks kind of like R two D two. Like it's it's this kind of like cone shaped thing, and when it arrives at your door, because I of course when I saw that I had to order you know food, um, <laughs> and you know cheeseburger costs like eighty bucks there, but like it it arrives and it like you open up the door and it's had like. Um, your food is sitting in there in a, in like a heated compartment, so it doesn't lose the heat. So it's almost like you're taking it out of a microwave in a way. Or the droids—it's and... the droids' anus. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to think about that. So um, you just accosted that droid. I just accosted that droid. Get your burger um, out of it. <laughs> oh God! You know, and, and when they, and when they become self-aware, it's going to be even worse because they're, they're kind of kind of from the first. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it was like maybe that's another topic for another day. But robots doing shit is scaring the, the Jesus out of me. Like, oh, there's some. You know what? I'm gonna. I'll do some digging next week for YouTube. There's some <laughs> that great, might be YouTube. Like those guys Crazy. from MIT building robots and stuff like that. Those are awesome. It's like, I just want. I want someone from the future to come back in time and just stop this now. Like, stop it. Yeah. Um. Like there was a video of like a, a robot shooting three pointers the other day. Did you see that video? No. <laughs> There's like a robot. They like these guys. These like uh, these Asian guys. They built this robot, and it literally shoots three pointers. Like it, it. It's like oh, we're getting we're going too far, guys. We're going too far. You know, scale it back. Plus, I don't know what you're gonna do with that. Like he shoots three pointers. Right. <laughs> Great. So, anyway, oh, so for my YouTube and um, pick this week. Ben, I'm an avid business traveler. Like I travel a lot. Okay. I spent a hundred. Yeah, yeah, you do. I spent 192 nights on the road last year. So crazy amount of time in hotels, on planes, and things like that. And I like watching travel videos on YouTube. Like watching sometimes other people's vacations and like where, what hotels they're staying at and things like that. There is a wonderful YouTube channel. It's called The Points Guy. Have you heard about this guy? No, no, not at all. So this is a, this is a guy who used to work for. I don't know if it was like Morgan Stanley or. Bear Stearns or one of the big investment banks, but his job was event planning basically. So he would fly all, all over the world to you know plan events and big scale events for this company. And he loved like saving up travel points and doing stuff with credit cards and getting bonuses and perks and things like that. And he realized that he was so good at it that he basically started a blog and then turned into a YouTube channel and it's basically blown up. And now he's like, it's like a 40 person company in New York City. But um, he does these great videos early on where he takes tours of first class um, sections on airplanes. And I'm talking like from New York to Dubai or like LA to London. And it's like, it's not just sitting in an airplane, like first class, like we normally see first class. Like you get like a suite by yourself. Like, like you get rooms, private rooms on an airplane serving caviar and things like that. It's, it's ridiculous folks. And 
Um, what the what the sick part about it is is that, uh, and I, I say sick in a good way, that he kind of explains how, you know, people don't have to be these like multimillionaires and and you know travel you know three hundred days a year to get perks like this. There's actually a lot of easy ways to get perks like these just through shopping, dining, having certain credit cards, and things like that. So for those of you who want to f- experience like the lap of luxury. I got to be honest, like go watch this guy's YouTube channel. He has also has a podcast as well. Listen to it because he gives some really great travel tips on how really anybody can enjoy things like that if you just make little adjustments and and have the right things in place, you know, when you do certain stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out because those videos are freaking amazing when he when he takes tours of these things and you see the amenities that come with this flight, the meals and all that stuff. It's crazy. That's great. So that's my pick this week. Excellent, man. Those are good picks. I got to check that guy out. That's great. Excellent. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us. Good stuff this week, my man. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to dig into some old timey racist cartoons <laughs> uh, and robots doing shit. Remember? Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, I mean, if you're not entertained by like the segues that we go on the show, <laughs> I can't help you. I can't help you. Like, it's, oh, my it's, God. <laughs> that's our brains just going to these weird things. Hey, that's that's what we do. That's why this podcast is <laughs> is how it is. So there you go. Oh my god, folks! Thank you so much for joining this week, week. Ben. Anything we want to plug? Anything coming up soon? No, nothing. Nothing crazy. Just uh, just still working on that screenplay I was working on, and um, still check out my like videos on live nude swearing at YouTube and my original content up there. And hopefully, we're gonna be filming something this summer. And I think I have a, another film that I filmed like a year and a half ago coming out still and those things sit in production forever yeah um so yeah that's coming out still and yeah we'll keep rocking and rolling rolling and making movies I you guys it. keep watching them like dirk diggler <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> now walk away from the mirror um that's right <laughs> yeah no uh and of course <laughs> and of course folks you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the onstage blog network at onstageblog.com Got some brand new stuff coming out this week. Brand new podcasts that have never been shown before. Uh, one all about theater history, by the way. So for those of you who are theater history buffs, um, which I am not, by the way. Let's just, yeah, uh, I'm the opposite. Let, let's make that very clear. I failed that class. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Michael Clark. But yeah. you know what you did. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know what you did to me. <laughs> you know what you did to me. <laughs> no, was, and was, uh, oh, Chris, you know, one thing that we were talking about earlier in the week is – when people want to find all of your podcasts, they need to search on stage blog, one word on stage blog, second word on Spotify to pull them up to on Spotify. Correct. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. So yeah, if you are looking us up on Spotify and iTunes, it's under the on stage blog on stage is one word blog, a separate word network. Um, usually you, if you just type in on stage blog, we'll probably pop up. Um, but yeah, you're going to want if you search, Desperately seeking entertainment, you're probably going to have a tough time finding uh, these episodes. So you definitely want to do Onstage Blog Network. Not to say down the road we're, we might create separate channels for our separate podcasts and things like that. Uh, so this way they're much you know easier to find. But for now, Onstage Blog Network. Sounds good, bro. There you go. All right, folks. We will see you here next week right here on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. But have a wonderful week and please consume as much entertainment as possible. See you soon. Thank you.